We're going to read the scripture, the word of God, and uh, I'd like to add a reading. So first we're going to read Psalm 124, but then last minute addition is 2 Chronicles 20. So page 512 in your Bible, maybe? 2 Chronicles 20 will be our second reading. But first let's go to Psalm 124. A song of ascents. Remember, that's a song of going up. Three times a year, the men of Israel would go up to Jerusalem for the great feast. So this is one of them used for that occasion. A song of ascents of David. Um, not all the songs of ascents have an author mentioned, but here's one of David. Hear the word of God. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, let Israel now say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side when men rose up against us, then they would have swallowed us alive when their wrath was kindled against us. Then the waters would have overwhelmed us. The stream would have gone over our soul. Then the swollen waters would have gone over our soul. Blessed be the Lord who has not given us as prey to their teeth. Our soul has escaped as a bird from the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Now let's turn to 2 Chronicles 20. I've chosen this reading as an example. One of hundreds or thousands examples. And it's just one go-to for me. It's one of the easier ones for me to remember. Um, In the time of Israel, Jehoshaphat is king of Judah. And so 2 Chronicles 20, we'll read a few verses out of this. Verse 1 and 2. It happened after this that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and others with them besides the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Then came, then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria, and they are from Hazazon Tamar, which is in En Gedi. Turn now to verse 10. And now, here are the people of Ammon, this is Jehoshaphat praying, Moab and Mount Seir, whom you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and did not destroy them. Here they are, rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your possession, which you have given us to inherit. O our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. Now all Judah, with their little ones, their wives, and their children, stood before the Lord. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jeel, the son of Mattaniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, in the midst of the assembly. And he said, listen, all you of Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, go down against them. They will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeru. You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. 
Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites of the children of the Kohathites and the children of the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with voices loud and high. So they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army. And they were saying, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. Now when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. For the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir to utterly kill and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. That's, that's the ending. All of the enemies that had come up against Israel destroyed themselves. And Israel came away free. All their enemies gone. What a miracle. Let's read 124 one more time. So Psalm 124 in your Bible, page 712. This is what we're focusing on this morning. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side. Let Israel now say, If it had not been the Lord who was on our side when men rose up against us, then they would have swallowed us alive when their wrath was kindled against us. Then the waters would have overwhelmed us. The stream would have gone over our soul. Then the swollen waters would have gone over our soul. Blessed be the Lord who has not given us as prey to their teeth. Our soul has escaped as a bird from the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading. After the sermon, we're going to be singing Psalm 124 from the book of praise. Congregation loved by Jesus Christ our Lord. Not too long ago, I met this older man, somebody who had gone through the Vietnam War, this old veteran who had just gone through a massive car accident. His vehicle had hydroplaned, and he had smashed into concrete barriers, and the vehicle was absolutely totaled. But he was able to walk away. When I met him, he told me that he almost died. He could have died, but he remembered all the skills that he had. As a young man, he had learned driving derby cars. It was because of his experience, because of his skill, that he was able to walk away. I said, what about God? I've always managed on my own, thanks. Thanks. Brothers and sisters, I, I hope you don't come to church with this. My help is in my name, my experience, my wisdom, my strength, my diet, my job, my family, my money. 
We began this worship service to get it right. Where is your help? Your help, our help, is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. And that's a declaration. That's not just a hopeful wish. The message of Psalm 124 is this declaration. Let all God's people get this. And make sure Israel gets it back then. And God's people today get this. My help comes from the Lord. Our help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. The first thing I want to bring across is the past. That's the first point. About the history of God's people. And maybe as you come to church you want it to be really practical and just get to the how do I live this out? But this psalm begins with history. Before you ask, have you ever experienced this salvation that you hear about? Do you know how often God's people have been saved in this way? Psalm 124, it joins you individually with all of God's people throughout history. And it's not just about you. This is one of the psalms of ascents. One of those gathered together songs. You know, Psalms of Ascents, Psalm 120, all the way up to 134. These are Psalms for God's people. The men of Israel, in those three major feasts of, of the Israelite calendar, and it was a courageous move because then the fighting men, they would be probably two weeks away from home, from their wives, their children, their land. And it's a national insecurity moment. From where does your help come? Are you going to trust God on this as you go to that feast in Jerusalem? Exodus 34. In Exodus 34, God says, No one will covet your land. When you go to appear before the Lord your God three times in the year, the Lord is saying, no one's going to take your land away. I'll make sure of that. No one's going to take the people that you love away from you. I'll make sure of that. When you leave and it's defenseless, why? Where's your help coming from? Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. And this psalm, it's bringing that point across when you know there are enemies. Psalm 123, remember last week, all the contempt of the proud, all the enemies mentioned there. And never mind that, our eyes are on the Lord, He is our help. The point is, in the past, how many examples do we have of God protecting His people? God is their help. How many examples? Oodles. Hundreds, thousands. And it's not just every major feast three times a year. This is something about the Lord. It's His name. It's His reputation. It's His identity. And, and notice that. It, the answer, where does your help come from? It's not just from God. You could really simplify it and say it's from God. But our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. It's in His name. Who He is. So you have to back up right from the beginning of history. We have the serpent, the Satan. He's appearing at the beginning. Genesis 3 verse 15. And he's ready to devour. 
Psalm 124 is, is going to be vague. Unclear enough where to start in your Bible about where to piece this together that God, it's His name that He saves. But you should be able to be any page of the Bible and say He is their help. He has been their help. Any of these moments in history that sound like beasts and enemies and floods and rivers and traps and snares. You should be able to remember the past and do this what if question. What if the Lord had not been on our side when men rose up against us? They would have swallowed us up alive. What if the Lord had not been on our side? The waters would have overwhelmed us. And you think of the two together. Think of being trapped at the Red Sea waters and the Egyptians marching against them. You can do this, what if, for every chapter of the Bible. And it's not just Noah and Eve. You, you get Adam and Eve, Noah, Abraham, Israel. But David, one of the Psalms of Ascents by David. So you think about these times, David as a shepherd boy. Facing a lion or a bear. Where's his help coming from? David on one side of the mountain. King Saul on the other side of the mountain. Where's his help coming from? David on the battlefield. Goliath towering over him. Where's his help coming from? The point is your help is in the name of the Lord. The maker of heaven and earth. Do you know him as the maker of heaven and earth? Not the God who made the world with millions of years of evolution, but your help, your very identity is in the God who spoke and created heaven and earth in the space of six days. And with his mouth, he can speak and stop the mouth of a lion. His word is that powerful and it's instant. Remember Daniel in the lion's den? To save three friends of Daniel from the fiery furnace. You just think of history. Like Jehoshaphat we were reading about, 2 Chronicles 20. Every time we're saying, we're at a loss. I'm at a loss. I don't know what to do. Our eyes are on you. Our help is in the one who has created heaven and earth because he can move heaven and earth. And God says, that's my name. I'm the one who moves heaven and earth. So you're at the brink of disaster. You've run out of options. You've tried everything and now you're finally admitting that you're helpless. Is this you? Rock bottom? Because this is my calling card, God says. This is my number. You've got my name. And notice the, the pictures given in Psalm 124. All these images of being swallowed and burned and drowned and eaten and captured. They're all pictures of absolute disaster. You don't get half swallowed, half burned, half drowned. You don't get half consumed or half captured. The point is, in the past, your God has shown His name. Who is He? Is He just a boost for you? 
give you a hand now and then? Add on a feature to the package that you already are? Round out an otherwise pretty fine person? Think of, those, of the past and all those times that God's people and the church has been absolutely at wit's end. Helpless. The serpent, Satan, or the seed of the serpent is one gulp away from swallowing up the seed of the woman, the offspring of the woman. And this is your God. He's always been the God of the last hour, the last minute, the last second. Think of Abraham having to go through all that trust. And God says, will you trust me with your one and only beloved son? Will you offer him up to me? If everything hinges on this son, would you give him away? In the last second, God calls out, Hold on, Abraham. Put that knife down. There's a goat. Use that goat instead. Israel at the Red Sea. Pharaoh with the whole army marching to trap them at the edge of the sea. Why? Why does God have to do this every time? Why not give them a head start? Why not open the sea up a day before? Why have to be, put this people of God in a pinch? Why trap them all the time? Why does Daniel have to wait in a lion's den all night long? Why do these three friends of Daniel have to go through the fiery furnace? Why can't God save you from it all? The point is, you want to know who your help is? You want to know where your help is from? Church of Jesus Christ, your help is in the Lord Jesus Christ three days late. Three days buried in the ground. Three days... Satan laughing, thinking he's had the victory. Is your help really in the name of the Lord? I will raise your salvation on the, last, on the third day. That way you know for sure that it's never too late to trust in me. That death itself does not take away your hope. And so the past the scriptures are full of celebration. We need to add more to that because there's been a few thousand years since the scriptures were written. Recent church history. And the Bible was written since then. There's all kinds of persecutions, pressures, all kinds of attacks from Satan, from world empires, and from cultures that are just going to swallow us up. And so many times in the past, even the recent past, is Christ still the help? Is your help in the, in the name of the Lord? Why do we even worry? We've got such a clear, plain, obvious message in the Bible. Jesus Christ is at God's right hand. Where is your help coming from? Let's talk about now, the present, because that was the past. 
Where is your help coming from right now? Verse 6. Blessed be the Lord who has not given us as prey to their teeth. Our soul has escaped as a bird from the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we have escaped. This is a picture of what's going on right now. The snare is broken. Maybe it takes a little bit of imagination. We don't meet too many fowlers these days. Back in the Bible times, there were birds used for sacrifices and offerings. You could get a bird for about a penny at the time of the Lord Jesus. And fowlers are those who catch the birds. You'd make a living by building a trap, some kind of a snare. Maybe it was a net, a net that you could throw over a flock of birds. And the snare is broken, we read. The trap is broken, and we have escaped. Do you realize you've escaped? With your help in the name of the Lord, is it? Is that really true? Or are you sitting there and still realizing it? I remember when I was a, a boy, we always had the grad shop door open during the summer. And one summer day, I had found a hummingbird up against the window. He had come through the door, but he was trying to get back out through the window. So this hummingbird, I caught him in my hands. I took him outside, and I held him. And he sat there, stunned, thinking. It was bright. It was light outside. Looking around. So I tossed him. You're free. Go. And that's when he took off. The snare is broken. We have escaped. And so the church is free. Galatians 5, there's a whole chapter about that. The church, you are free. Why, why do you live as if you're, you're still trapped? In Jesus Christ, because of his death and resurrection, you're released from the guilt of sin, weighing you down. I want you to hear this, that if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you are freed from your guilt. You're forgiven by God. Why do you walk around as if you're still carrying the load? And, and it's more than that. Because of Jesus Christ, you don't have to listen to Satan anymore. He's not your dictator. You're freed from his tyranny. And you don't have to listen to every sinful want and desire of your body. You're freed from the overpowering demands of every sinful urge. You know how many times you say, I can't help it. That's what I want to do. You're set apart. You're free to serve the Lord Jesus Christ now. And I urge you to notice this, that as God's people, generally as God's people, but also personally, each of you in your own life, this should be you. That the snare that the devil has thrown over you, or the net that you have wrapped yourself in, the net of sin, the cage, it's all broken. You've escaped because of Jesus Christ. Your help obviously comes in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth, who's remaking heaven and earth through Jesus Christ. The point is, blessed be the Lord. Praise the Lord who has not given us as prey to their teeth. Right now, we're praising God. 
Right? Isn't that how we come into church? Glad. Let's go. Praise the Lord. And we're telling each other, bless the Lord. We're saying that to each other in these psalms. He is your help. You know somebody next to you in the congregation, you know what they're carrying, how they're weighed down, and so you sing. And you're practicing bringing these words of comfort. The Lord is your help. In our worship this morning, it's like someone has taken us, his people, and we are the hummingbird, brought out into the open, into the bright light, and we've been tossed upward. Go, you're free. You are free for the future. And that's the third point I want to bring. What about the future? Our help will be in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Your help will always be in the Lord. And it definitely better not be in yourself, in how smart or strong or how faithful you are. As if you could come through some spiritual car accident and say, good thing I knew exactly what to do when I was out of control. You don't know what's coming. Who is in control anyway? You have zero control. And here's Psalm 124. It has this forward-looking confidence. You can't tell, but it's stating it so loudly and clearly, proclaiming our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. That's going forward. He has been on our side. And He will be. I know something about His name, His Word, His Holy Spirit. He makes these promises. He doesn't just come and go. So you take all the proof that you've had of the past and apply it now to the future. Is He with the church right now? How about tomorrow? Is He going to be with us when we go through the lion's den experience? Or the Red Sea experience? Or the wilderness experience? Where is your help going to come from? Let me be blunt about this. That as God's people, we're pathetic at looking forward. And maybe you're nodding with the first half of the sermon. God is great. In the past, God has saved so often. But right now... Do you have your doubts? Maybe you're thinking, I bet the church is about to go right off the rails. I bet the culture is going to swallow up the church. Change is going to ruin the church. Some old tradition that we have is going to ruin the church. Persecution is going to ruin, to make half of us fall away. You look at the future and you're like, oh, so many conspiracy theories are just panning out who wants to bring up children in this world who wants to make a promise these days like marriage for life I think through this afternoon in the vow of three young people McKenna Ryan and Aaron 
publicly professing their faith in Jesus Christ, making a vow like this, about the future, do you promise by the grace of God steadfastly to continue in this doctrine in life and death? Or do you firmly resolve to commit your whole life to the Lord's service as a living member of His church? A vow that many of you have made. And to do that, you're going to have to ask, where is my help coming from? I don't know the future. Ah, but do you know the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth? Do you know the Lord Jesus Christ promises to always be with you even to the end of the age, Matthew 28? Do you know His Spirit has insisted on living in you? Someone who is born dead. He makes alive to God so that you respond to God and glorify Jesus Christ. The point is, the past shows this God. He's had a knack for the impossible, taking dead people and making them alive. And the present, you are free like a bird. And the future, what have you got to lose besides your life? What have you got to lose? If anyone could be courageous right now, it's you. Look at how you use your resources, your money and your time and your energy, your health. Does it really show that your help is in the name of the Lord? In preparing the sermon, I came across disadvantages for the people of God. And it was back then, not only the men going up to Jerusalem three times a year for those feast days, leaving their wives and their children, their land, free for the taking. I came across another command to Israelite kings. Do not build up an army of horses. Poor King Jehoshaphat. Do not build up an army of horses and chariots. Try that one. And see if your help is still in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Imagine you would be the only country without fighter jets, without tanks. Point is, you know you're weak. You know in spiritual warfare against Satan's kingdom, this is not hypothetical. You don't live with fighter jets and tanks. And here's Psalm 124. Where is your help? Do you believe this? Can you do crazy things, ridiculous things like Jesus was teaching, like being generous, being generous with your money, with your time? How about this? Can you do something crazy like forgiving somebody instead of holding a grudge and seeking revenge? How about being truthful and loving toward your neighbor? Because if you follow what the Lord Jesus teaches, you are exposing yourself to a lot of trouble. What could happen? What if the Lord would not be on your side right now? And persecution. Are you thinking about where your help is coming from? What if you, you, what if you lose your life? Let's be bold about this. He'll give it all back. You'll hear the sound of the trumpet and you have it all back. 
Your help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. He's not losing his touch going forward. Your help has not run out of options. This is in his wheelhouse. Brothers and sisters, I want to leave you with this. Let's be far more courageous. Sing Psalm 124 often and loudly and in private and in public. Be brave. Be confident. And it's not by digging deep within yourself looking for some untapped potential. Look to the name of the Lord. Our help is in the name of the Lord. The one who created us. Who recreates us. Who moves heaven and earth for the sake of His kingdom. Amen.